0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Mark 4. Have you ever been in a storm on a boat? A storm so bad, the waves are rising, the boat is rocking, and actually it seems like the boat will sink. Have you ever been in that situation? I'm guessing for most of you, probably not. But if you think about that situation, you think it sounds scary, doesn't it? And you would think in a situation like that, fear seems like a pretty reasonable response. That sounds like something worth being afraid of, right? Well, what if it's not? What if fear actually is an unreasonable response upon one condition, that Jesus is with you? Today, we're going to look at one of my favorite passages in all of the Gospels. And and this account uh, we've seen already in Matthew, uh, but I, I love the recording of it in the Gospel of Mark we'll start today at the end of our chapter, Mark 4. And what we'll see here is this story of Jesus calming the storm. Uh, It's evening, and he says, let us go across to the other side. Now, uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, the word sea is pretty generous. When we think of seas, uh, it's really more of a lake. Uh, In What's unique about this lake, the Jordan River flows from it down south to the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point on earth. Uh, The Sea of Galilee is not quite that low, but the Sea of Galilee is pretty low. And it's kind of in this bowl surrounded on a lot of the different sides by hills and mountains. Uh, And so the winds could come in and and swirl here and and create storms here uh, that could be very dangerous. And, And so they go out in the boat and it says a great windstorm arose. And the winds were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. So the the boat looks like it's going to fill with water and sink. But he, referring to Jesus, was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, here's what I want you to notice in verse 40. What does Jesus now say to the disciples? He doesn't say to them, oh man, thanks for waking me up. That must've been real scary, huh guys? That's not what he says. He gives no ground that even fear in that situation was reasonable. He says this, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Jesus says, guys, in this situation, fear was an unreasonable response. What you should have done is trusted me. Um, And what we see here, one of my favorite things, especially about the Mark account, is what the disciples say to him. They say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And in this passage, we see two very powerful truths that should drive fear from our hearts and lives. And it's really that Jesus can, he has the power uh, to calm the wind and the sea, and that Jesus cares. He does care. They impugned upon his his love for them, assuming that he did not care for them. And when you believe those powerful truths that Jesus can and that Jesus cares, well, then there is no reason to fear. There is no reason to fear. And in fact, the only reasonable place there is to fear is to fear the Lord. And that's really what you see at the end of the passage. They were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? And what I want you to do is to to talk to yourselves today and to do so perhaps in a fairly stern matter to look at the things that you might be afraid of. And instead of kind of giving some, uh, some room for that fear and say, well, you know, it's kind of a scary situation, uh, tell yourself, no, no, fear is not reasonable if Jesus is with me. And that's where, of course, we have to step back. Jesus is not physically in your home or in your car, if you're listening to this while you're driving. He is not physically there like he was in the boat, but he has promised us. Think of the last words of Matthew, that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. Think of the promises that we'll get to in John of the Holy Spirit who will be with us and will dwell in us. If you have the Holy Spirit, another way of basically saying, if you are a Christian, if your faith is in Christ, if you have been born again, Jesus is with you. And because he can and because he cares, you shouldn't be afraid. And we do live in a world where there is so much that is frightening. But one thing that should stand out about us is that we should be fearless. And I think, if we're honest, we could all grow in that. And I hope this story in Mark 4 really encourages us in that direction. Now, let's go back now to the rest of the chapter, which the the whole rest of the chapter, the, the thing at the end with the storm is kind of a departure from the theme of of the rest of the chapter, which is all about parables. And we studied this some as we looked at Matthew, but he starts with the most familiar parable, the parable of the sower. And we see that Jesus begins to teach in parables. And we see again, at least part of the purpose of these parables was to conceal the truth uh, to those who do not yet believe. And one commentator even described these people as persistent unbelievers. Um, And we know there are no neutral responses to Jesus' teaching. You're either drawing closer to him or you are hardening your heart and going farther away. And so, in some way, this is an act of of judgment, uh, withholding the the truth from these people. But I guess you could say another way, it's almost an act of mercy uh, so that these people are not hardening their heart even more by understanding this truth And rejecting it. And you see here, he doesn't quote exactly like he does in Matthew, but he references Isaiah 6 uh, there as he describes why he teaches in parables. And then we get to some of the specific parables, and uh, one of which we'll even see is unique. Uh, some of these things you're saying, oh yeah, I heard this in Matthew, but one thing that's uh, unique we'll get to in verse 26. But before that, in verses 24 and 25, it says, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, Even what he has will be taken away. And this is really, I believe, in response to Jesus and his teaching. So, for those that really press into uh, Jesus' teaching, again, what was said right before this was, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Those that faithfully seek to hear uh, the teaching of Jesus and are pressing into that and seeking to use a great measure in understanding Jesus, there is a blessing blessing that comes from that. So let this be an encouragement to you dig into the scriptures, dig into the word of Christ, knowing that there will be blessing that will come from that, but if you ignore that, Uh, That's not going to be good. And then we see the more unique parable in verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And When the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And here, I think we see something that's similar to the imagery we'll see Paul use later of him planting the word, uh, Apollos watering the word, but God give the increase. I think what it's getting at here is that the word is working, but not always in ways that we are a part of or that we even see. When we sleep, uh, the word is working. Uh, It makes me think of a a quote that's been attributed to Martin Luther when he talks about the Reformation and he looks back on it and he says, the word did it all. And and that, you know, we even think of as, well, that's something we still study in history. What a great movement. Well, I bet bet if you were just living the day-to-day life of Martin Luther, it didn't seem like a lot was happening. Uh, Maybe each and every day over the course of years, yes, it was working in great ways, but in in the moment, you, you can't always see. Even as a preacher, I see this. I I preach a sermon and it's not as if, whoa, I see immediate results from all of it. But I'm encouraged sometimes when I do see the fruit of preaching and sometimes I even just know, hey, this is God's word. It is going to work whether I can see that or not. And so really the application now from both of those things is I want to encourage you to press into understanding the scripture and studying the scripture. And I want you to press into passing on the scripture, being a part of the proclamation of God's word, whether that's through evangelism, whether that's through serving in the church and teaching opportunities you may have, whether that's through uh, just counseling other people, whether that's through teaching kids or grandkids. Uh, Seek generously to understand the word for yourself and seek to pass it along knowing that it is going to work. You might not always see that in the moment, but we trust in the word of God. Even one verse that comes to mind, considering this parable, one that I come to often, even as I pray in preparation of preaching, comes from Isaiah chapter 55. And towards the end of the chapter in verse 10, it says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Man, there's a lot of connections there to the parables in Matthew or sorry, in Mark chapter four that we're looking at verse 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word is powerful and you may not see that in the moment, but we can trust that. So I want to encourage you, press in, study God's word for yourself, generously pass on what you learn from the word of God and trust that it will work and then remember where, where that chapter ends the story of Jesus calming the sea and give no quarter to fear in your heart today remind yourself that's not reasonable because Jesus is with me and he came and he cares so I will trust in him today